0: So, many of us are here, and we have um, been on a journey. We've been on a journey personally, and many people have come into this community for one reason or another, and we can find ourselves at a place where, after one year, we can look around and go, man, this is great. But the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 really stand out um, in my mind. Um, We're having some overhead issues, so I'll just... Open to my own Bible. So if you have a Bible, you can open it to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Um, another one of those things that's defining for us is simplicity. So that means we don't have to worry when things go sideways, right? Uh, Philippians 3, 13. The Apostle Paul says this Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, that is, a rival. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I strain forward toward what lies ahead. The one thing about Jesus is, yes, he was the once and for all sacrifice for our sins. He was the period at the end of the sentence that says you are forgiven and accepted and forever mine. Finish. Yet, that is just the beginning for us. When Jesus says, it is finished, and we say, amen, let it be so, Jesus, in my life as it is in yours, it is just the beginning of what God is trying to accomplish. And so when I think about all that God has accomplished last year, it's always been the outflow or the overflow of Jesus' kingdom that he has unleashed among us. And in different ways, some spoken out loud, some unspoken, some seen, some unseen, Jesus has been showing up in our lives. And sometimes it's only just the familiar sense of peace or awe or the overflow of joy that makes us pause and go, what is this that I'm experiencing? This feels so different from the chaos, the anxiety, the tension in the world around me. This is something from another world. And in that moment, we can identify the very fingerprints of Jesus on our life. But we must not look backwards. Always and forever, we are on a journey moving towards eternity with Jesus. Allowing his personal life and the life he allows us to walk through to actually cultivate in us a heart that looks like his. A life that looks like his. A love that looks like his. And so as we journey along, let us not look behind out of nostalgia. God is not trying to recreate what COVID destroyed. God is not trying to recreate what even Satan came and removed from you. God is doing a new thing in your life. He is restoring bits of our lives, yes, bringing back to life the spaces in our hearts, in our lives, in our mind, in our imagination and dreams that have lost their grounding or we have lost focus upon them. God is actually working to bring back to life, renew and restore our future, not necessarily our past. And so let us not look backwards, wondering and wanting the good old days. Yes, they had good moments. There were beautiful moments. But God's vision is for us to be looking forward, pressing forward, forgetting what lies behind the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. It doesn't matter. It simply is. God has a beautiful future for (coughs) each one of us. God has challenging circumstances for each one of us. God has beautiful moments of relationship, of joy, of happiness, and of his kingdom coming in our life like it hasn't come before in the future. This passage that uh, captivated my heart uh, last month as I started praying about uh, the church moving forward into 2023, is found in Isaiah 35. If you go to Isaiah 35, uh, you're going to find a turning point in a prophetic book, a book that was written to a people who were about to go into exile or who were in exile that talked about what God was going to do against that which was broken and unjust in the world and what he was going to do toward a people of his own possession. And in Psalm 35, there's a turning point where the prophet Isaiah speaks about a renewal, an overturning of brokenness and the recreation of beauty in a way that is going to make the world stand in awe of who God is. Isaiah 35, verse 1 says this, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. When you hear wilderness, that's desert, rocky, nasty, not mountainous, beautiful like Northwest. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and sing. The glory of Lebanon, which was known for tall trees that create shade, shall be given to it. And the majesty of Carmel and Sharon, which were known as lush, fertile grounds they shall see the glory of the Lord the majesty of our God you see there is a moment when Jesus returns to the earth that all of creation is going to start to change it's going to be affected by his presence creation humanity and eternity I love how this passage continues if you look on in the passage to verse 3 Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have anxious hearts, be strong, fear not, behold your God. He will come with vengeance, yes, to bring justice with the recompense of God. He will come and he will save you. You see, some of what is spoken of in this passage is yet to come. God has not come in vengeance. He has not come in recompense. He hasn't established justice for everybody. Therefore, we're surrounded by injustice. And at times, we are ourselves recipients of injustice. And that's when we go, Jesus, come. Come with your vengeance, please, right now. And at times, we long for the sweet presence of Jesus. We long for this day when all that is set free and undone. And so it makes me wonder, like, Okay, Jesus, is this just for the future, or is there any blessing for us today? Is there just a day when the desert's gonna blossom, where it's gonna spring into life, where water is gonna be cultivated, where there is no water, or are we just supposed to wait here? Well, if you continue on in the passage, it says this beautiful phrase: and then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. And the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. We have a quote. you want to throw that up there, Teresa? This quote is uh, evidence of what is actually being talked about here by G.B. Smith. He says this, these acts of God will remove the curse of man and the world Sorry, the curse in the world and inaugurate the holy kingdom of God. So when we start seeing some of these things, we're going, oh, the kingdom of God is here. Jesus' rule and reign, his overturning of the order of the world is beginning. So strengthen these. Let the the blind see. But what do we see in Matthew chapter 11, I believe it is, where Jesus himself uh, is... uh, met by the followers of John the Baptist, the disciples. They say, Jesus, you're doing a lot of interesting things. Are you the Messiah or are you not? And Jesus references back to the prophetic message we're reading from Isaiah. It says this, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. What this describes to us is that the kingdom of Jesus is not merely something coming then, but it is the inauguration of the kingdom of Jesus today, that Jesus is king today, and the effects of the new creation are actually to be expected today. So wholeness and healing is not something for us in the by and by. But actually, Jesus is living as King. And little by little, we should be expecting in our own lives. In the places of our heart where we've lost hope. Where there's darkness. Where there's cold, dry where there is space, where there is emptiness, we should be expectant and praying that in the desert it will blossom like a spring rose or a crocus. That just as Jesus healed the sick, opened the eyes of the blind, that his heart heart for you is resurrection, even in places of hopelessness. A new life is actually to be expected and longed for and courageously prayed for in places that it has no business being apart from Jesus. And so when I think of what Jesus came to do on the earth. And for us, even in this coming year, I do believe that God wants to create within us a hunger and a thirst because the era of Jesus as king has already begun. The era of Jesus as king has already begun. And he has overcome circumstances and things in each of our lives. But just as what Paul says when he says, Forget what lies behind and move on, pressing forward, Isaiah 34 19 says this Behold, I am doing a new thing. A new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. Is it not Jesus in John 4 to the woman at the well who says, whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of living water, welling up to eternal life. That statement, welling up, is literally leaping out of you. That God implants living, flowing water into your soul and it eagerly is driving itself, bursting out. This is what God's heart is for you. That you would allow and feed the living water in your soul so that it would regenerate areas of your soul that have long been covered, long been forgotten, long been given away to lost hope. I will put within you a spring of living water, the Spirit of God within you. You see, that's the beauty of of the gospel of Jesus is that through God, the power of God works within us to do what we cannot do. You can't change your heart. You can't make yourself holy. You cannot change who you are. But the Spirit of God unleashed and welcomed into the areas of our life that we don't know what to do with, that changes things. And so my heart and my hope for us this coming year is that we would believe that Jesus in his uh, coming kingdom and his already inaugurated kingdom would be invited and would be expected That this coming year that we would believe that, that yes, even in our lives, we would be aware, not just numb the areas of our life that we don't understand or that they're confusing or they're disappointments, we're like, I don't know what to do with that, that we would rather go, Jesus, would you be king? The king who makes desert blossom. The king who, who makes water burst out of desert areas. The king who has power to transform the way I think. The king who has power to transform the hearts of others in my life. The king who has power to encourage me when there's no reason for encouragement or to bring me peace when circumstances don't justify peace. Would you show up in my life in the way that you really are king? See, that's my heart for us is that we would expect that Jesus would show up for us. Because this eternal life that Jesus came to give is not merely quantity, it is quality. That the eternal life that we have uh, received through Jesus is not merely this, okay, we get to live forever, (coughs) notice, we've received this living, vibrant life within us that isn't isn't supposed to just stay, like, cupped up in a bottle and secures us for eternity It bursts out and it presses into areas of our life that are hungering and thirsting for the water of life. You see, Jesus, as king, wants to overcome sin, death, and darkness in our lives today. This eternal life, like I say, is not a quantity necessarily. Yes, it is eternal but eternal life is a quality of thriving that we're actually able to engage in as we journey towards eternity. So what this practically means is this coming week, there will be places in your life that you have lost hope that God cares about. Or there'll be areas in your life that you think are innocuous and don't matter. Or there'll be areas in your life that you are numb to. And all the while, if you are a follower of Jesus, you must be aware that there's actually this leaping life within you. (laughs) This animating presence that is anticipating and pressing in towards those areas And if you welcome him, more life will break in there. My desire this coming year is that we would not be the best at X, Y, or Z, but that we would be so good as a church at spotting the power of the kingdom of Jesus breaking in. Because the picture that God has given me for us in this coming year is... The wilderness blossoming into spring flowers. And the word I have is, and it's going to come in places that we don't expect it. That new life is going to burst forward where we need it most. And that may be in the periphery of your vision, But God is coming for you. He's coming for those areas of your life that the kingdom must come, that his goodness must break forth. Those areas that for you to be redeemed fully and come alive must be touched by him. So I don't know what you want to do with that. That's just what God told me. So uh, I do hope you hear that. That God really is like pursuing each of us. And I hope that we can know the character and goodness of Jesus to know that he comes not to kill your dreams, steal what you love, and destroy. He comes to give life and that in abundance. Oh, that we would be able to envision our lives and how full we would be able to live if we could see our lives completely surrendered to him. And there's gonna be a day when you stand before Jesus. The journey has been run. And all the shackles, all of the hardness, all the stoniness is gonna be gone. And you are gonna explode. This is what I was this is what it could have been. And so the invitation is fight what God is doing and he is for you. Scripture says it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom and he wants a beautiful abundant life more than than we want it sometimes. And so with that I, I beckon us all to prayerfully consider God where where are you wanting to take ground in my heart? Where am I hopeless? <laughs> Where do I think you don't care about? What have I given up hope on? What do I think is too big for you? Or what do I think is too small for you? Like, you don't care. How do we become a people that bring all of us? Looking, going, Jesus, anywhere. Any breakthrough. Anywhere you want to rush in and give life. I want it. So, uh, let us, let us think on these, these things, Isaiah 35.1, the wilderness and the dry land, we will be glad, the desert shall rejoice, and blossom like the crocus, and they, that is us and others, will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of the Lord. I'm going to ask us just to pray before we enter into a time of worship. I'm going to sing a couple songs and just celebrate God's ambition to bring new life to us. And as we do this, I I want to invite you to really work through a couple things with Jesus. Do you believe that he wants to bring new life to you? me about it. Talk to Jesus about it. And he knows your heart. And if he could bring wholeness to one area in your life, what would that area be? More significantly, do you believe that he is willing to? We don't know if he will. But do you believe that he wants to? sees that he cares. These are the roadblocks that stop us from hoping. So why don't we take a couple minutes and just think through and we're going to worship um, and just acknowledge God's goodness so the worship team will just come on up. God, we thank you that you are determined to bring your new life to us. And God, I know that there are things in our past that you do want to resurrect. You do want to make live again, but in a different way. In a way that's appropriate and needful in this coming life. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to set aside what doesn't belong in our future. God, that you would allow us just honesty in your presence, Lord. We believe that you are King today and you are working within our hearts because we are the first fruits of your new creation. You're tinkering within us before you do outside of us, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that we would invite you to work within us, that we would be like clay in the potter's hands. Lord, that we would be those who long for you as a deer pants for water, Lord, when we